A Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, Episode 127. Welcome to The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, psychologist and adaptability coach to entrepreneurs and business leaders. I believe that working on your business is more important than working in your business. If you want to achieve your business goals and dreams without the cost and pain of having to make every mistake yourself, then The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is the podcast for you. I'm here to help you learn from the lessons of entrepreneurs and business leaders to help you work on yourself and your business so that you can save time, energy, and grow faster. For those of you new to the show, The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai presents three new episodes each week. On Insight Sunday, we dive into the minds of business leaders through insightful guest interviews. On Story Tuesday, we dig deeper with them and learn firsthand from their stories, hard-earned lessons, and experience. On Thrive Thursday, it's just you and me on the couch, where you'll hear scientific research, my thoughts, and tangible tactics to adapt and grow yourself and your business. Grab a proverbial seat and listen up so you can learn from the minds and mistakes of business leaders and apply their wisdom to your life and business. For those of you who don't know, Jesse Sherleff is an ex-Googler, solopreneur, founder of the podcast and community This Is My Truth, and mentor at the forum. Jesse Sherleff spent the last 13.5 years at Google, getting promoted seven times in her tenure and spending the last seven plus years effectively leading and coaching sales teams using authenticity, value-based selling, and storytelling to drive impact and revenue for her customers. Jesse has worked with brands both big and small across numerous industries, including retail, technology, real estate, and B2B, and partnering with brands Executive Suite to bring sustainable marketing strategies across brand and performance KPIs. In March of 2021, Jesse left the corporate world and leapt into solopreneurship as the founder of the podcast and community, This Is My Truth. Creating, building, and maintaining relationships is at the core of who she is, and authenticity, vulnerability, and storytelling have been the cornerstone of her skill set to get her to where she is today as a leader, a podcaster, and a mom. Her passion is working with entrepreneurs, helping them develop their brand voice, amplify that voice in an authentic and proven way, and helping to grow their business by increasing sales while increasing profit and or engagement across marketing channels. Her personal mission is to create community and connection through sharing personal stories to empower individuals and brands to step into their own light, reclaim their voice, and drive greater impact. As a forum mentor, Jesse shares in their mission to help professionals master five critical skills to level up, negotiation, personal branding, networking, financial fluency, and leadership. And if you sneak a peek at her LinkedIn, you'll see that she recently took up the leadership role of CEO of the Sherliff household, living her dream of leading the learning and growth of her two little ones. Before we dive in, I wanted to share that the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is brought to you by Adaptability Coaching and Consulting. 
If you lead a seven-plus-figure business and want to reach the next level for yourself and your business, if you have passions, goals, and dreams and want to continue to strive as a team, a leader, and a visionary without risking burnout, if you have overcome challenges, developed wisdom, and know that adapting is not just for surviving, but a core part of thriving, then adaptability coaching is for you. With psychology and neuroscience-backed tools, the 3D adaptation framework can show you how to tap into and harness the way our brains are uniquely designed for adaptation. You can learn to harness and leverage adaptability tools and frameworks to grow yourself and your company. You can learn to become fast, flexible, and formidable. You can learn to hone yourself further, to proactively adapt, to thrive, instead of reactively adapting, just to survive. To learn more, go to dryishai.com coaching. Insight Sunday's conversation is so jam-packed that I just have to share it all with you in two parts. In part one, today, Jessie shares her story of excelling at sales in Google, getting promoted seven times, and the moment that changed everything and led her to leaving Google so that she can create her own company centered around storytelling and sales. In episode 128, part two is going to continue with Jesse sharing her story, including fertility struggles and how they became a core part of her passion to create her podcast and community. She also talks about how stories create connection, how connection is at the core of sales and how her own process as a recovering perfectionist has helped her see and create incremental growth for herself, her business, and her clients. And now without further ado, join me in welcoming Jesse Sherleff. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you, Dr. Isha. I'm so excited to be here. I am really excited to have this conversation with you, and I wanted to thank you for grabbing a seat with me on the business couch today. And just by way of intro on Insight Sunday, we dive into the minds of entrepreneurs and business leaders to uncover insights into how your mind works and extract tangible takeaways to learn and implement. But before we jump into all of that kind of nitty gritty stuff, I wanted to take a step back and ask about your journey. Can you tell us a little bit about moving up the ranks at Google, your decision to move into solopreneurship and mentoring at Forum, and of course, the thread that connects all the work that you've done and continue to do? Yeah, this is such a great question. So thank you for asking. I often like to start my story with a moment, which was 6.03 in the morning on one random, I think it was a Tuesday morning. I was brushing my teeth with my electric toothbrush and my husband and I have joint sinks or two sinks. And so he was in the bathroom with me and he just happened to look over and ask me a really innocent question of, are you happy? And for some reason, and I have no idea why, but that morning the truth just blurted out, which was no, I was not happy. And right. It was one of those pivotal moments where I realized like, oh shoot, one, did I really just say that? And two, you know, what do I do? I had two choices, right? I could backpedal and make a joke of it, or I could be really honest with myself and with my husband and admit that at that moment, I realized that I had lost my voice. I had been living my life for 
everybody else around me, but hadn't been living for myself. And I share that because I think that for me, when I reflect back on that moment and think about that, you know, it was the moment where I decided I was going to reclaim my voice Hmm. that we've all had those moments, right? We've all had moments where we have felt alone or isolated. And up until that point in my life, I was someone who, you know, when something happened to me, I would just shove it down. I wouldn't deal with it. I often joke that I would like put my emotions in a box, lock the key, throw the key away. And we've all done that. Like we've all had moments where we just like put on our big girl, for me, like big girl pants, right. And, and shouldered on and just didn't deal with things. And that was my boiling point where I had to reckon it wasn't working for me anymore. It wasn't working for me or my family anymore. Mm-hmm. And everything that I had been doing up until that point in my life, right. Getting the college education, getting the good job out of school, like going up the corporate ladder, all of those things are really important. And I'm grateful that I've had those experiences, but it wasn't what I truly wanted. And so I had to unpack a lot of things, which led me on a two and a half year journey of dealing with things that I had been shoving down exploring opportunities and paths that lit me up, got me excited, you know, filled me with passion, which ultimately led me to earlier this year, deciding to leave my corporate job of the last 13 and a half years to pursue the things that made me happy, which were my family. I have a three-year-old and an almost five-year-old and my podcast and the community that I've been building over the last year. So it was a very long-winded response. I just wanted to, if I can comment on that last bit, it doesn't seem to me as long-winded as it is winding and important. <laughs> Fair. Without any one of those parts of it, where would the next piece be? Okay. And yeah, I also wanted to come back and highlight a couple of things and ask you a little bit more to dive into that. One is you mentioned that the question of, are you happy, really struck something. And my own way of understanding is you'd learned to put it in a box and lock it away. And so many of us are taught to do that. In fact, I think it's part of the fabric of what we see and experience and get taught in so many ways from so many directions. There's so many messages that we get about our emotions and about what we are supposed to do with them, supposed to do with them, that make It's such a really deep impression on us. And then we end up trying to live those things. And what I found also really interesting is you're talking about your shifting into and the process of shifting into, which I'm sure had many bumps and winds and turns and twists along the way, was that it was really about getting in touch with emotions, both the ones that were really uncomfortable and then the ones that really drive you forward. And so I would love to hear a little bit more about that and your experience with that. Yeah, so... Yes to everything you just said. And it's something that I've been unpacking in in my own therapy, right? For many years. And it's funny, my therapist once asked me, she's like, when do you think you started to build walls? And I honestly couldn't answer her because I think as we've unpacked my own journey and sort of how I was raised, like I come from a very loving family. I grew up on Long Island. I was surrounded by my siblings and then, you know, my cousins. I come from a large Italian Catholic family and we were taught family 
comes first. Family means everything, right? Like you put others first and foremost. Both my grandparents lived through the depression. They were first generation immigrants, all of those things that were consciously or unconsciously put on us. And I was always a strong one, right? There's a running joke in my family that I'm the glue that holds everything together. And for me, it was this moment around, so when I would look at my daughters and my oldest daughter has some sensory processing needs, and I realized that I often say they're my mirrors, like my kids are my mirrors. I didn't want them to shove down their emotions. Like I wanted them to be able to have their meltdowns and like be okay and like learn that they can come out the other side of a meltdown and be stronger for it. Skills that I didn't have until I was well into my 30s. And frankly, I'm still working on them. Aren't we all? (laughs) And so that was part of my reckoning of recognizing that. I was consciously or unconsciously teaching my kids things that I didn't want for them. And so I realized that in order for me to expect that of them, I had to learn it myself, which was really hard. Mm. And I remember talking, you know, I have a coach, I have a therapist. I remember just being like, okay, when you say that I have to like feel grief, like how long? <laughs> like, are we talking like an hour? Are we talking 30 seconds? Like, like what is the framework of which I needed to do this? And so I share that like, because it's something that I'm still working through, but I feel really passionate about it because it's something I really want to pass along to my daughters in that it's okay to have emotions. It's okay to feel, and you will come out on the other side. Okay. Yeah, I'm hearing that for you, what became really clear and so many of our buttons as parents get pushed because our children are pushing all kinds of buttons. Their job is to push every button. So they figure out what the buttons do. Like I think about it as kids have one job. It's to figure out what the world is and how to make their way in it. That's essentially their one job is learning. How do you learn? You try things, you push buttons, which means as parents or siblings, we get all the buttons pushed. And that makes it such a, I would call it transparent, but also vulnerable, but challenging. I mean, so many different pieces of that. There's so many different parts of that experience. And what I'm hearing is that you noticed that the way in which you had learned to be with your feelings was showing up even in an unintentional way and that they were learning from that. And so you wanted to make sure that... and. What I'm hearing is you recognize that in order for them to learn something different, you would need to lead by example. You would need to become it so they could see it. So that when they push the button for you, they would see the response or the results. And then they would be able to take that in for themselves. Yeah, that's exactly it, right? Up until that moment at six or three in the morning, right? I was a mom who was exhausted all the time. Like when the kids were getting up, I wasn't building in any time for myself. I was go, 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 go between work. Before we hit record, I shared that pre-COVID, I was traveling three weeks out of the month. I was constantly on airplanes. And it's what I thought I was supposed to do, right? That was a messaging that I got growing up was that you went to college, you got the job. You know, my dad was at his company for over 30 years. And I guess I'm technically a millennial. I'm like on the very cusp of the beginning Mm -hmm. of the millennials, depending on how you define it. And 
it was odd for me to be at a, a job for as long as I was, right? Like all of my friends were switching jobs every other year. And I stayed at this job because one, I was learning and growing and the people were amazing, but I also thought it was what I was supposed to do, right? Like I thought I was supposed to get the next mm. promotion. I thought that I was supposed to go for the director role. It was a year ago in January that I was in the candidate pool of a finalist for a director role at Google, which is highly sought after, very difficult to get. I didn't get it. And looking back on it now, like, yes, I was disappointed. It was definitely like an ego blow, but like, I'm so grateful that I didn't because I was making decisions based on what I thought I should be doing. Like if I had stayed at Google, I could tell you what my next five years looked like. I could tell you what my path was going to be. And yes, it is an amazing company. Yes. It was an amazing job. It was stable. I got paid very well, but was it lighting me up anymore? Was it making me the person that I wanted to be. Like, what was I teaching my girls? What I was teaching my girls was that you stayed somewhere because of the money that it gave you, like, even though it didn't really light you up. And so I started to get these like whispers of not this in different situations. And I'll admit, I'm like, not one to, to be like super in tune with my inner voice. But when that like, not this was a whisper becomes a conversation becomes like a shout, like you have to listen. And so I did, and it was lots of really difficult conversations with my husband, and ultimately we were able to get to a point where, you know, financially we, we knew we'd be okay if I took a year off and took a leap into entrepreneurship and really just spending time with the girls and exploring things that light me up. I joke that this is my gap year. 2021 is my gap year, but really it's my year of me and figuring out who I am and what I want to be and how I can best serve the world. And in doing so breaking some of those patterns for my kids to show them that you can be successful by just owning who you are, owning your voice and not, you know, I often say it's like getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, which is a skill set in and of itself. Yeah. And so many of us, we learn that when we're uncomfortable, our first priority is to stop being uncomfortable. And that becomes such a big focus that we can miss what's underlying that, which is there's a reason we're uncomfortable. The discomfort is trying to draw our attention to something and even motivate us, push or pull us in some direction. And that is a really challenging skill set. It is. And when I think about like the lessons I've learned on that skill set over my life, so I do have two children. It was a journey to becoming a mom for me. We went through infer- you know, struggles to get pregnant, a whole journey with infertility. Thanks for joining us today on The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. If you enjoyed today's episode, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps grow the show and gives more people like you the ability to learn and grow. You can also click the share button to share today's episode directly with someone you know who would enjoy it. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast artwork is made by Sam Barkadari, show notes by Yishai Barkadari, and music by www.purple-planet.com. The advice and opinions of the host and guests are our own. 
I'm a psychologist, but not your psychologist. The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with either the guest or the listener. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast. Thank you for listening. Remember, our thoughts and reactions affect our actions. By listening, we can learn from the challenges others face and the choices they make so that we can make better decisions and get better results. 